0: Hey, Pawn family, welcome back to another episode of the Pawn Leaders Podcast. This is episode 97. This is crazy. Uh, Three more episodes until 100. I'm super honored, super excited for the fact that you guys have been on this ride with me this whole time. For those of you who have left me a five-star review, I appreciate it. Those of you who send me messages, uh, it inspires me to keep going. So keep them coming. I love it. And talking about uh, reviews, Obviously, I want to mention a huge part of the show, which is my sponsor of the podcast Podium. Now, it's really funny because today we were talking about how uh, a lot of people in the pawn industry who use Podium have like 500 reviews, 1,000 reviews, 1,500 reviews. And just the other day on Facebook, somebody, another business coach I know, was put up a message saying, Hey, I don't know how to help my clients uh, grow their Google. Uh, reviews and we really want to grow that. And I shared Podium with her and she was just shocked. She's like, Egal, this is incredible. I've now started to let my customers know about it and they're gaining traction with the reviews and getting more money. So if you haven't signed up for Podium, go to Podium.com slash Leaders. We have an incredible deal right now where you get 15% off of your monthly subscription. Plus there's no setup fee. I've taken off the setup fee I, I arm wrestled uh, Cameron over there at podium and I won, so the loser basically um, got the uh, short stick and I won the fact that you guys get no setup fee when you go to podium.com slash pawnleaders or, mes- or just mention pawn leaders when you give them a call. Now, coming back to the podcast today, I'm very excited because we have Melissa Denion from Pistol Annie's Jewelry and Pawn and her history is incredible. But apart from the history, and she'll tell you a little bit more about that, I've had if not like 25 people more say, please have Melissa Denny on, please have Melissa Denny on. She's a force to be reckoned with. She does incredible stuff in her city for the MPA. Uh, when it comes to that like, government relations in her town, we want to hear how she does it. So without further ado, this is my podcast with Melissa from Pistolani's. Check it out. hey everyone my name is igala and this is the pawn leaders podcast a podcast to help you make more money stress less and live an epic life all while working at the pawn shop yeah. melissa welcome to the podcast
1: thank you good morning
0: uh it's been a long time coming uh we've been trying to book a time for a while People have been reaching out to me to say, please have Melissa on a lot, especially a lot of the female pawnbrokers. They're like, we want to hear from Melissa, want to hear wow. from her. So um, again, thank you for being on. It's awesome.
1: Thanks for having me. This was super fun. And go I got some cookie this morning, so I'm okay with that.
0: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so first and foremost, congratulations on seven years. Thank you. And I saw that you closed on your building.
1: On the seventh anniversary of the day that I opened. Like Amazing. a perfect seven.
0: It's incredible. Not- lucky number seven
1: okay.
0: awesome so give us a little bit of history like how long have you been in the pawn business what did you do before i know this is kind of like a long question and then what got you in to open your store
1: um i grew up in the pond business not in the respect that my parents had stores so so here's the long and short of it my dad was a commercial contractor and construction is chicken or feathers so in the winter time when he was feathers he would pawn his entire construction company and became really good friends with our local pawn pawnbroker. Um, and then like decades down the road, ended up eventually working for him and then opening his own store. But when I was like six years old, I would stand in the pawn shop all day. And my first official job was the superintendent of Windex and paper towels. <laughs> that was my, and then I, I graduated to mops and brooms um, and all things sticky. And so I just by standing around all the time, kind of, you know, as I got older, started helping behind the counter. And then my dad eventually opened the first two pawn shops in Eastern Oregon, um, in Bend and Redmond. And he had them for about 10 years, but he wouldn't he wouldn't let me work in them, to be honest. He he didn't like the idea that it was dangerous. And being a girl, he thought if something happened to me, he would blame himself. So I went on to be a contractor. So I became a commercial contractor. I was a general for a long time. And um, in 2008, it ate me and took away my birthday. I lost everything. So in my, I was 44 years old and didn't know what I was going to be when I grew up. And I was totally flat busted. I didn't file bankruptcy, but I ate a lot of top ramen and had to turn my heat off for the winter. Mm. So it was tough. Um, I happened to go home and visit some friends. And while I was home, I ran into my dad's mentor. And he asked me what I was doing. And I said, you know, what's what you should ask. Because I don't even, I don't know. I have no idea. So um, he said, open a pawn shop. And I said, that'd be cool. But I don't know how. Like he said, well, you've been in the pawn shop. And I said, I don't know the back end. The back end is where it matters. The front end is big because you have to make good buys and do good sales and do good loans. But you have to track it and you have to grow it. And you have to be responsible to the monster that it becomes. And it, it you really can just kind of blow it out the other end very quickly. So he he said, you know, you need X amount of dollars, you need X amount of demographic, you need X amount of space. Um get those things together and I will open my store up to you and I'll teach you everything. Mm. And I was like, really? Cause that would be I mean, I would be really into that. So um one thing I learned is that at that time he was he was about 70 years old and that recipe was also about 70 years old. And I just almost missed big because those numbers weren't big enough. Um, It was, it was tough. I went and worked for him. I did all the things that he asked me to do. I worked for him for like four months and he kicked me out. He was like, you've got it. Go. If you need me, call me. So I went and got this building was just this disgusting, casting bar it was so nasty but as a contractor i just i mean nothing scares me it's a box at the end of the day it's just a box so i spent way more money than i should have fixing it up because i wanted it to have a certain feel your vibe attraction tribe and it was super important to me that when people came in the 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 bar that was there was completely erased and there was just no memory of it Um, and then i had my own platform so i um fixed it all up and turned on the open sign and stood in the middle of it and thought, I have lost my mind. <laughs> How's anybody going to know it's open? <laughs> so I about starved to death and worked for nothing for, I took my first paycheck this year.
0: Wow. Incredible. Seven, so,
1: seven years and no paycheck.
0: So let everybody know like where you're located, what the interest rate is and then like what the hold period is. So those listening know.
1: Um, I'm in Bonnie Lake, Washington, which is not in Seattle, but I'm on the West side. Everybody thinks you're there in Seattle or Spokane. I'm in a little urban town um i have a, a fluctuating rate every nine dollars and 99 cents up to a hundred dollars and then it, the state of washington is is it, the variable rate is up if you couldn't memorize it if you had to it is a decent rate we do gotcha. get decent we're not as good as some we're better than others we're somewhere somewhere in the middle so
0: awesome great so um open for seven years and when you first stood there you're like man what am i doing what does that feel like today? Seven-year anniversary. You own your building. Um, what does it feel like to be you know, a female in the pawn industry? Seven years into it, you got your paycheck, you're making some money. What's What's next for Melissa?
1: Um, well, it feels amazing. I love what I do. I invested in myself. I started school. Um, I'm almost done with my graduate gemology degree. Awesome. Um, I grew up on a farm, so I've been a firearms expert most of my life, which is always really interesting because... When the old guys come in, you know, and they're like, I'm like, can I, you know, could I help you with something? And they look at me like, girl, you just need to get out the way and let me talk to one of these guys about a gun, missy, we'll you know. So I still get some of that, which is super entertaining. And when I can tear down a firearm and, you know, work from the internals out and all that, it's always very rewarding. <laughs> um, the ability to be able to grade in the diamonds. diamond, and then also I have a lab set up so if my customers come in with a blue stone, I can tell them if it's natural or it's man-made. I can grade it and place it. So it's very empowering. Um, when I first started, I, I was really just, I mean, surprised at how much I didn't know. And that you never learn at all. You'll never know at all. But I have these incredible veterans um, and and lots of people in the industry that are so forthcoming and so helpful. The groups that we're in these podcasts. I mean, the information is so at your fingertips. When my parents started, they had everything in a book. Yeah. And... As you know, the minute you put a price guide, that price guide is, it's obsolete. So it was a lot of touch and feel. Whereas I've had the advantage of all kinds of experience and wonderful people in this business. I love this business. Um, what was the other question you yeah, so asked? I got lost.
0: <laughs> no, so I was just, I mean, you're, you're seven years into it. Um, and I want to, you said something that really, like, really hit a chord with me. You said your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Talk to mm-hmm. me about, like, the vibe of, you know, it's, it's called pistolanis, right? Mm-hmm. Where did the name come from? What is that vibe that you have in the store? What are you trying to attract in a tribe? Like, what is it that you want? And somebody asked a question. They said, you have this way of attracting and being part of the community. That's so incredible that you do have a tribe of people. So first tell us like how you came up with that name. And then how do you build that tribe within your community?
1: Well, it started with, so I grew up on a farm. I grew up on a ranch and we had no electricity. So I, we literally, I can tell old timer stories like I had oil lanterns, kerosene lanterns, and we had a big fireplace. We cooked on a cast iron stove that was eight feet long, including baking the whole nine. So I read, I was just a nerd from the minute I could read a word. I was always in a book. So my hero was Annie Oakley. I love, her story is incredible. That girl was trapping at eight years old and feeding her family. I'm just saying she was amazing. So when I got the store, I, um, I'm kind of a, I mean, I'm a, I'm a cowgirl. Anyway, I raised horses. I just, I'm I'm kind of, that's me. I'm not a city girl much. Um, so I wanted it to have a feminine slant, but I didn't want my name on the billboard partly for security reasons. And now everybody calls me (laughs) Annie, and I just let them. I just let it ride. I don't, I don't correct them. I smile. I don't, and I'll, I'll, I'll come to any like, like I'll just snap my neck. to turn around. It's hilarious. <laughs> Um, so I just really wanted it to have that, that feminine. And, and I also, um, did the, did the, um, the store in reclaimed lumber. So we hand built all of the cases, one for lack of financing. Yeah. Um, and two of being a builder, uh, took a building that had been torn down. It was 125 years old when it was torn down. And so everything, all the cases were all hand-built and they look like the wild, wild west. So, oh, that's awesome. and that's just kind of all, it just kind of all worked together. Yeah.
0: So, Very, very cool. So tell me how, tell me about that, you know, the Vibe Attracture Tribe. They say, somebody asked the question, they basically said that you do such an incredible job at building community, right? Creating that sense of community within your customers. Um, what would you say to, to Palm Brokers listening? What's the best way to do that? And what made you think like, you know, my vibe attracts my tribe. I want my community to be a part of what Pistol is. How do you do that?
1: Well, I think you have to be, it's a, it's a quality of, of your person. And it's what you, it's your persona and what you put out. So I don't put up with silliness in my store. I am the last place you want to bring something stolen. I promise you. I will go to the ends of the earth to eat you for $10. <laughs> and everybody knows it. <laughs> my, my, I, I am just such an asshole. I really am. So everyone in my store is kind of just like kind folk who you come in, everyone's comfortable, it's like cheers. I mean, people yeah. come in and they just hang out and talk a lot. They'll just stop by and just to say hi. Or people bring me pie and cookies and they bake me bread and muffins. And it's just awesome I mean it's just so cool. And it's because they have been in the store when someone has come in and acted silly. And I am just so animated. I'm like a pawn shop in a show, man. When somebody brings something in stolen, I just make a fool out of them. And everybody gets a good laugh, and we tell that story for months. And and so I just, I like quality people, and I appreciate quality people. And the power in helping someone when they're genuinely in a situation that they need help, and the money is the bastard. They can do everything, but they can't come up with the money. And when you can't find $10, when $10 is more than you can accomplish, I've been there. I have been the brokest person I know. So I know how they feel. So we can take care of the financial part and then we can give them a hug. We can cry with them across the counter and say, now go to what's important. The mm-hmm. money's over. Your stuff is safe. It's cheap storage. I explain to people very often. It's like a storage unit. If you take your entire household and you're moving and you put it in storage for two or three months, then you're really well off. That's perfect. Um, but if you leave it in storage for five years, get new stuff. Don't chase good money after bad. It doesn't make sense. On the other hand, I've got people who are super smart and they figured out they can take their rifle collection and they can borrow a little bit of money and they can store it away from their wife and children and just take it out when they go hunting. (laughs) So, I mean, there are people who do store long-term and there's sentimental value. I mean, sometimes you have people that, you know, grandma's ring, they, they, they know it's safe. They're not paying a whole lot to have it there. But the cash flow is just, until it gets straightened out, it is going to take time. So there's there's always, you know, there's no absolutes in this business. Yeah.
0: But You're I also about try
1: not to let people get um, upside down and stuff. We don't yeah. Awesome. I want them okay. to have their stuff back. That's how I continue yeah. to keep them as customers.
0: I love that. Yeah, because if they oh. lose it and they can't afford to get it back, then it's finished. Lose-lose. Yeah. Lose. yeah. So you talk about, like, empathy, right? You talked about how, like, you were broke. So you kind of feel, you know, somebody needing $10. I feel okay. like a lot of pawnbrokers have lost that feeling, right? And so don't look across the counter and feel for the person like, man, 10 bucks. It happened a lot of times when we had people walk into the store from bankers to government officials like, well, really? Somebody needs $10? And you're And like, yeah. You know, a mom needs $10 to buy diapers, gas. Um, a guy needs 10 bucks to get to work, whatever that is. That to the lights he- on. gas
1: tank to go to work is such a big deal. Because what are they going to do? Not go to work? And yeah. then not become a, not be a productive member of society, not have a paycheck, not feed their children. I mean, yeah, $10, $20. I think that people lose, we, it's easy to get tainted in this business. I cannot tell you how many times I've had somebody walk in, rip my ass and ask me for money. And hmm. I'm like, hold up, wait, 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 wait a minute. Did you just, did you just like yell at me and then like ask me for money? So here's, here's the thing, we can do this one of two ways. Either you can start over and, and I'll, because they're coming in sometimes, they're the worst version of themselves. And I have yeah. to remind my staff, it's not personal. They're sometimes having the worst day they'll ever have in the history of themselves. I have loaned money to parents. whose two year old is going through chemo. I have buried 20 nothing year old children and financed businesses and done. I mean, and so you can never lose sight of that, but we get tainted if you, if if you let it taint you because of the people who are the shits. Some of these people are the drizzling shits. I mean, Mm -hmm. they just come in and they're mean and they're nasty. And I'm like, first of all, I'm six foot two uh, and I'm six, seven in heels and I wear heels sometimes. And I'm like, you're not going to push me around. I promise you, you'll have a handful of crazy. You will not know what to do with. (laughs) So I can usually settle about anything. And that's where I live. I live in the, you know what? We can have a good day today, or we can have a crappy day. And I don't want to have a crappy day because I like I'm old and cranky. I don't don't need to have a crappy day.
0: I I, I think the mindset (laughs) The mindset is brilliant that we have to remember that the people walking through the door sometimes are their worst selves. Like if you, if you imagine, if you go back to a place where you're like, the husband's got to talk with the wife, wife talk to the husband and say, we don't have $10. Like that's, that's got to be a rough. No, spot. that's
1: really hard on your ego. It's depressing.
0: Yeah. so when I like, can yeah.
1: almost every time somebody comes in like that, I can make them laugh before they leave.
0: Oh, that's magic! I can
1: almost every time get somebody to laugh before they leave.
0: Yeah,
1: like that's, you know that's what? That's
0: success, right there.
1: It's a moment in time, and guess what? It's gonna change. The one thing you can count on is you can't count on anything. Yeah. If you are in a dump, you are going to you are going to be up at the next ebb is, is flow, and when it's flowing, you better enjoy it because guess what? It won't last either. Life yeah. does not stay the same. I mean, not for anybody that I know. Maybe some people have a magic existence, but I've never met anybody that does. Even in my business, I have growing pains. Like a
0: bitch, you can say a it.
1: bear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I'm going to give a like, warning at the beginning the of this. do
1: I know, right? You guys, it's not filtered, man. There's no yeah. <laughs> so it's like the more I make, the more I owe, the more taxes. I know that the veterans understand this. Seven years is, is probably harder than year one to be honest, because the payroll is higher, the taxes are higher, Washington State makes so much money off me, I think I should have a retirement plan that benefits through that. Like yeah. I really should have like a health plan from Washington, sponsored by Washington State for the money that we send them monthly. Yeah.
0: In know? California, I oh. wanted to be my partner oh. in pay my expenses. It's crazy.
1: It's insane. <laughs> it is. It really is. And the more you make, the more they want them. To, and they invent something new every year to get a little bit of a you know bigger piece. So yeah. um, my goal is, you asked earlier about what's next. Um, so I was fortunate in that when I, when I lease leased my property, it was actually for sale, but the title was encumbered. They couldn't deliver the title. I couldn't have purchased it. So it worked out amazingly well for me because I wasn't in a place to perform. The bank's not gonna loan you money when you've blown through most of your savings to remodel somebody else's stuff and you're gonna be a lender. I mean, it's just a whole thing. So so you're totally unlendable, you have no income. Um, but I lease optioned it and I, I established the purchase price um, when I when I when I did my lease. Oh nice. So I bought it for what it was for sale for in two thousand twelve. I oh. also have two tax parcels and the reason I'm the biggest little pawn shop in the wild, wild west is that I have a big warehouse on a separate separate tax parcel and I've got vehicles and I've got motorcycles and I've got all kinds of stuff. I have an acre and a quarter in downtown. Oh. So what I'd like to do is bulldoze my warehouse and build a two story commercial space um, a new Pistol because I have blown the walls off of this one. I am stacking at this point to the ceiling. How, my, how office, my office, my office sure. when I moved into it was like, it's like, I don't know, maybe 10 by 10 or something. And it was huge. I had a desk and I had a little tiny safe with like a cannonball. It was a USPS <laughs> uh, surplus safe with a, like a, like a hole in the middle, with like a round door gotcha. um, square safe. And like the first six months there was like, Five, you know, there's nothing in it. So it was huge. And, I, and now it's, oh, I'm climbing the wall. My place is just, but it's clean. It's respectable. People walk in every single day and we're like, holy cow, this is super cool. Yeah. So. How,
0: how do you hold on to that mindset, Melissa, when you talk about like making people laugh every day, uh, remembering that they're having a bad day, because you've got to do that every single day, right? Like every day you come in, you've got to, and you've got to give that, how much staff do you have?
1: I have eight people.
0: A people, so you've got to give that to your staff also, right? That's part of the culture. Like Pistolani's culture has to be how Melissa is, which is like funny and and animated and we're going to make people laugh. How do you give that to them? so They They can't help
1: it. I'm such a big goofball. I'm so immature. I'm like a 12-year-old little boy. I am like, I'm just, I am, (laughs) every single day I wake up and I say my, I say my blessings, you know, I, I get to be here and I've been through I, I grew up in like the worst poverty ever. I mean, the paperback princess, the little dirty, you know, girl on the, with my school clothes from came from Goodwill for most of my life. So, um, I'm just thankful to be here every day. Okay. I have, um, I've almost died in my career three times in my lifetime. I've almost lost my life. So at this point, man, every day is a gift. I got nothing to lose. And, and I'm a dork, like I'm a big old dork. So. And that, if you can laugh at yourself, everybody else will laugh at you. And then they're in a good mood.
0: (laughs) love it. That's the, that's the trick right there. Uh, Give us, Melissa, give us um, one or two kind of like um, strategies that you use to bring more customers in to create that, that great culture within your community.
1: Um, it, it, you know, we're so much, it's really the reviews that we get that are so heartfelt. There, there are reviews I have that literally bring me to tears um i am uh, we've worked super super hard on the uh firearms and the jewelry side i mean i'm legitimately a very successful gun store very successful jewelry store and i have people of all walks of life i have people coming in the pawn shop um i've i've started designing jewelry and so i'm i'm like i call it serendipity where i take two things that are maybe um unrelated and and build something new and fresh with them so it's a new piece that's upcycled we have a lot of estate pieces um and so building that building that stuff you i can have someone come in and spend a a a serious Mm -hmm. amount of money on a two carat diamond or bigger or whatever and then also have somebody also buying a hundred dollar ring and those people will mesh they're Mm -hmm. all very salt of the earth people so they they've gone out and they've said i mean we have we're like the top rated pawn shop in the state, or one of the very top rated um, oh, pawn shop really? in the state. So um, people actually drive from all over the state to come to this little store, and we we are super genuine in that I've never met a stranger, and I love people. I love yeah. good people. So um, so it's really, it's just that that you you know your people, and when they walk in the door, you're like, holy cow, you're here, <laughs> it's about time, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That's so awesome.
0: Yeah. I think that love of people, we we say, you say that we get tainted in this business. We get tainted by the few, uh, you know, like you said, the few people who just screw it up for everybody else. And if, but if we keep that mindset, positive of loving people doing this for people and the fact that we're helping them, I think that's what creates success in itself. It, it sets you apart from the guy across the street.
1: I see a lot of pawn shops that they build their stores out of misery and you walk in and it's miserable and heavy and it's, dirty, yeah. and discombobulated. And all it is, is about money. You're making money off people in a bad situation and they don't sell anything. They don't have to, they don't discern, you know, is somebody in there because they're supposed to be or not. And I think this business has really come full circle because this was banking in its original form. I think we all know this. Um, but it's, it was a very revered business. You were a professional, you were, you know, you were the town bank. And when it became kind of a dirty business in the forties and fifties, um, it's been a long road to hoe to recover from that. And I think that because of the other pawnbrokers out there who are also doing the same thing I'm doing, I mean, it's, it's a lot of um, your own, and you know, you build your own platform, but we also feed off of each other. There are a lot of really smart people that, that I can give a phone call to and will answer any question and they'll protect me, you know? And so as long as all of us stand together and work together and build this business I I think that we'll see a lot more of this.
0: Yeah. Love that. Love it. So Cindy Harrison asks that uh, you've taken a very brave step um, and it's not for everyone. She says that you've been very active politically in your area, political voice, um, very vocal business owner. How has that helped or not helped your business?
1: Uh, It's done both. So um, it's, I mean, it's a double-edged sword Um, because we're in a smaller town. I think, So here's the, here's the, the backstory, um, Washington state, much like California, New York, Massachusetts, Vermont, you know, they're starting to tighten up and take away our rights to protect ourselves. Um, I'm super offended by that. Um, I have a personal story, so I have some personal experience in, um, as a woman, I'm a really strong girl, but I am a wimpy boy. I mean, it doesn't take much of a size of a guy to kick my ass and I know it. And so I need to be able to equalize, you know, the the playing field. And to be told I'm only going to have ten rounds in the pistol that I carry on my hip every single day. I have 21 rounds in my gun. I don't, you know, I don't. Nobody has a right to tell me how to protect my gift of life. I'm a law-abiding person. I mean, I'm super law-abiding. I've had every every three-letter entity in order to have a pawn license has already (laughs) checked me out. Like, you know, you shouldn't be afraid of me. Nobody should be. So. Um, but I have a right to protect myself. And so I'm a, I'm a grandma and a mom and to know that they they need to have their rights intact and my granddaughter will have, you know, a preserved, uh, heritage in her ability to protect herself is important to me. I don't, I'm pro rights across the board. Firearms happens to be part of my livelihood. So for the people, so I started the first, uh, dealers association, the first, uh, nonprofit and brought our dealers together in this state to start getting on the same team. We, well, I was going to my state capital and I testify and I, I'm really involved I and mean, it's really passionate. It's very very personal for me. Um, and so somebody's got to do it. And I happen to have uh, the drive and and the opportunity. My kids are grown gone, so so I'm like grown ups gone wild up
0: here. That's awesome. Very, very good. Cool. Good for you. And so you also said that like it's 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 hurt the business in a way or like kind of divided the crowd, right? I'm sure some people are like, Well, what do you mean? How can you do this, Melissa? You're part of the community. That's gotta happen as well, right?
1: Well, there is um there's a mindset that we're all walking around with military weapons. Um, and so there is an opportunity there too to have a conversation because I've had people walk in and even though it's pistol Andy's and my logo has two revolvers on it, yeah. they walk in and they're like, Oh my God, look at all these guns. And I'm like, or, I'm like, what, 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 what about them? And they're like, they're so scary. I'm like, they're not loaded. I'd have to hit you with it. <laughs> so That's not even, they're just sticks and bats and like rocks. I mean, they're nothing. And so that opens up an opportunity to talk about, you know, just because we have taken Grandpa's 22 and made it ergonomic does not make it militarized. And that opens up an opportunity of education. I can dress you up like Darth Vader and while you will look scary, you will have no more power than you have today. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) So that's all we've done is we've dressed up a bunch of squirrel guns and made them easier to handle. And they're not a problem. Um, but there are some people who you'll never change their mind and you know what? You can go to the pawn shop that doesn't have anybody in it that is armed, who has been robbed five times in the last three years. And I will, you know, I will say a prayer for you and wish you well on your way, but uh, over half of my staff is military, retired military Mm -hmm. veterans. I'm so blessed to have them. I have Mm -hmm. such a great team. I'm so fortunate to have the people that have championed me and been with me and stayed with me and we protect each other. So the few that fall by the wayside, meh. (laughs) You win some, you lose some, you know? Never gonna make everybody happy. Yeah. somebody's I mean. out there cussing me right now and
0: <laughs> my name. Um, no, you, you got, you've got palm brokers listening remember that So <laughs> let them be yeah, uh, keep going So awesome so let's talk about this you talked about like when you grow up you were reading a lot that brings me to like education what, what are you learning next like what do you feel you want to learn next bring into to, to grow, be able to grow your business
1: well I want to get through this damn degree I can't yes. believe I'm as old as I am and in school like I'm a slow Learner, apparently, like you know, I wish I would have known what I was going to be when I grew up a lot earlier in life. Um, I wish my dad hadn't taken the you're a girl stance. Um, and but maybe I wouldn't have been ready either. So, being correctly seasoned has a lot to do with success. Um, so uh, next, I want to build out this big commercial. I'm gonna go like so far <laughs> I'm gonna make it, but I want to build this big commercial space, and I will have ultimately, um, somewhere around 20,000 square feet of rental. For nice. commercial, other commercial um, businesses, and then be. The I'm a really solid anchor. So last year we had 1,645 new customers on December 31st when we closed doors. Um, we're we have a strong demo, demographic. Um, we have a strong pull to the store, and so anybody that we can bring into that that little space, I think, is going to find some success off of the amount of people that we've already got built in.
0: Awesome. So
1: that's that's my goal.
0: Awesome. So when I announced that. Of- We're going to be interviewed on the show. Um, A lot of the, and I bring this up only because I think it's important, but a lot of the females were excited, right? I think 98% of the people who have been on the podcast have been male. And only because a lot of women don't stand up, even though I've asked like, hey, I I want to interview more female pawnbrokers to get like their, just kind of like their history, how they got into the business. So there's 39 countries listening, thousands of people listening to this what would you say to a, just a palm broker, right? And then B, what would you say to a female palm broker listening to this to inspire and motivate?
1: What could you do if you could do anything? Like the people who make a difference in the world are the people crazy enough to think that they can. If somebody else can do it, you can do it. And you have this amazing group of people. I mean, we have technology at our fingertips and we have all these veterans who are just Seriously some of the coolest human beings I've ever had the privilege of meeting and they're helpful and wonderful and they will do everything to help you succeed so you really don't have any obstacles but yourself the only the only failure you uh, encounter is your is your your limitations yeah. and those are typically based on fear fear is a lack of faith i can't tell you how many times i have gone to work and i'm like well this is it we've lost our mojo today's the last day we are done i have had i have i've had business partners steal from me I've had employees screw me and try to taint my name. I mean, I've been through the gamut. And at the end of the day, I'm still there. Passion passion will take you a long ways. You, action is everything. You can be the most talented person in the world. And if you don't do anything with it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. It, you, it's hard to beat somebody who never quits. Don't quit. Yeah. That's the thing. Is When you get close to failure, you're probably also very close to success. It's hard to beat somebody that doesn't quit. That's, like my, that's my mantra. So, um, and if they need, if you have a question, call me. I'm here. I've just been through the beginning. I'm like medium large now. I'm not <laughs> little. Like, no, I say I'm little. And, and in, in the scheme of things, when you talk about, you know, Ben Levison and, and Perry Lewin and the, you know, the big pond guys that have the multiple stores and, um, you know, those guys are, I mean, God bless them. They, I don't know how they do it. I can't. Fifteen stores—it sounds just like a daunting. I
0: mean, yeah, <laughs> hundred plus employees.
1: <laughs> you got to be a special kind of crazy,
0: honestly. I think that's you got to be, be a special kind, kind of crazy. crazy. And then, as like Bob Moulton says, you have to hire people that are way smarter than you. That's what—that's absolutely. What, you know, Tim Latimer and, and Bob Moulton and all these guys who, who have been on the show, um, all these pawnbrokers, brokers—they're just like, it's not—it's not me. Like, I just hire smarter mm-hmm. people and better people, and they just tell me to get out of the way, and I get out of the way.
1: And, you know, that's there is some truth to that. But when you talk to somebody like Nick Fulton, you talk to, you know, these veterans, they are so smart. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very humbling, to be honest, um, to go to NPA and sit with these guys and listen to their recipes of success and, and the things that just the way their minds work. And I think that's what makes us all very similar is we're kind of just a bunch of big nerds. We're a bunch yeah. of immature big nerds that drink a lot. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I know it. I know it. So you're very involved in in, in the mpa obviously, um, and I think it's super important, it's important to be involved.
1: You have to. If I don't give, I just to interject this. I do not mean to cut you off, but oh. if we don't have a lobbyist, we're screwed. Yeah. And unless somebody wants to get their ass out there and go to the freaking Capitol and meet all these all these legislators, these congressmen and the senators. You better pay somebody to get out there. And that's what I'm doing in Washington state. We don't have a lobbyist representing our firearms rights. We have to have attorneys and and lawyers, the NPA. I don't care what they do, right or wrong. They do that. And that's enough. Period. Period. That's enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hunter, I I agree. I think it's so like we've got, I've been, I was in the industry for 18 years, third generation, and I've seen so much happen where we could have been shut down. Uh-huh. you know, where you, you know, they could have capped the rates. They could have done stuff to be like, sorry, Melissa, you can't take any more guns or, you know, you can only charge 18%. Whatever that is, it could have been so much done, but because we paid money and we paid it gladly, lobbyists went out there, the work was done. You have executive directors, people doing the work so you can work in the store and make money. They've talked the
1: about deregulating us. They've talked about we're predatory lenders. Yeah, We're not predatory lenders. People can walk away from the debt and it doesn't affect their credit. We know this. But we keep having to educate these people who who look down on us and say that we're somehow taking advantage. Really? You find a bunch of money to hand out and help people and then tell me all about that. I don't have time to go to the Congress and explain it. So we have to have somebody out there that does. Predatory lending pisses me off. That is just a mm. I agree. I, that's a that's a sharp that's a sharp blow for me. Yep. So so I, I, I want somebody out there that, yeah, the NPA is very important. And you criticize, there's always armchair quarterbacks, criticize all you want. As yeah. long as that lobbyist is in place and they're representing us, that is valuable and they need to be paid, period.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. And, it's not, and it's not cheap, that's for sure.
1: No, oh, yeah. oh good Lord, no. Nobody wants yeah. to do that job for free or cheap or a, for a pennies, it's awful, it's an awful job. <laughs> it's terrible, no, I probably wouldn't be so happy-go-lucky if I had to go do that every day, What? <laughs>
0: Miss <laughs> like, uh, Melissa, can you please walk outside?
1: <laughs> oh, could you just see me? Oh man! Yeah, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> it I've had people. Say, I would be escorted.
0: I've, okay. had, I've had. Hey, you should get into politics. I'm like, I, I can't because then I'll call somebody's bullshit and they'll get really mad, and I just can't do that. So I'd rather not. Um,
1: I'm afraid I would grab somebody. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <I'd just> grab- <laughs> this, this has been awesome. I'm so happy you you uh, you came onto the show. Yeah, um, me we too.
1: It's super fun.
0: If you have any, like, last, uh, you know, any last kind of, like, gold nuggets or value you want to add, please, this is the moment to do it. Um, anything that you want to say to all the Palm Brokers listening across the nation, and across the world, actually?
1: Wow. Um, well, a couple of, yeah, a couple of things. I would say, first of all, thank you to all of the people that have taken the time to answer all my questions. I'm a question asker, I'm, I'm very inquisitive and, and uh, I'm not afraid to pick up the phone and I appreciate the people that are willing to take that phone call. And to the people getting started, make those phone calls too and don't give up. Don't, you know, and don't, don't be a hoarder and try and stay in business. Get that inventory turned and burned and you know, if you borrow, you're putting yourself on the other side of the phone counter. I have never borrowed I have no debt. I have no, I own my inventory lock, stock, and barrel. I don't have any business loans. And that is, and buying my property, the two best things that I've done for myself is to have that discipline. Don't take more than you need. Don't take home the cool stuff. Not until you can afford it. And I always be willing to give it back when you realize, uh oh.
0: <laughs> you just, said, you just <laughs> said don't take home the cool stuff. And I would remember my brother and I putting our names on items before they come out from like, from buyer pawn. It's like, well, oh, egal, go, he'd be like, wait a second. I didn't even see it. I'm like, sorry. I called dibs, but you're right. 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 You no, know, like you got to turn that merchandise, sell it, make the money, put it back into loan and keep going. There's again.
1: always more stuff. There are so much more stuff. And, and eventually if you have the discipline, I mean, you get to, you know, you get to have a few things and keep them, but I see an awful lot of people trying to keep more than they should. People ask me all the time, how do you sell this stuff? Like it's easy. You should see my bills. Nobody yeah. in that store will work for free. If they would work for free, I could keep some stuff.
0: I've had some crazy conversations with people where they say like, "Hey, you go, I can't afford to put new flooring or paint the walls." And I'll just ask like, "How much inventory do you have?" And we talk about this on almost every episode. They're like, "I have three hundred thousand dollars with eighty thousand dollars in loan balance." I mean, how, how? What's your turn? Like, I don't know. We calculate. It's like point eight i'm like you have enough money to paint you know the store get new cars houses pay more people just enough is enough right awesome love it melissa yes. this has been incredible thank, thank you so much, much for your time uh for those of you listening to the podcast don't forget to join us on the facebook group just go to facebook group a podcast community i have the honor of having melissa in there so if you have a question for her just go in and, and uh, you can you know, tag her in a post uh, thank you all for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of the Pond Peter's Podcast.